Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm BizTimes managing editor Arthur Thomas, and I'm joined on this week's episode by BizTimes editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Well, so I know at one point on one of these podcasts, I prematurely declared it spring. And then mm-hmm. the good weather did come, and now mm-hmm. it's gone. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be gone for a while. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little dreary. This is why we're, I told we're, you. We're soldiering through, and spring will be here soon, and opening day of the baseball season will be here soon. So, yeah. It'll, you know, at least we have that to look forward to. I tried I'm to tell to get you. get over my alma mater's embarrassment on Sunday. That's a whole nother topic, but. Yeah, was that the game of uh, the first game at the Pfizer Forum? The Badgers won, but then they fouled it up with a dud. So you know, trying to get through some things, focusing on work. <laughs> That's a good plan. There's plenty of work to do, and spring will be here before you know it. Baseball will be here before you know it. Uh, we'll be grilling brats before you know it. So uh, we'll dive right in with our insider story spotlight. This is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that were available only to BizTimes insiders. Uh, If you are already an insider, thank you. We really appreciate that. Your support helps make our work possible. So thank you very much for doing that. If you're not an insider, consider subscribing. Uh, Go to biztimes.com, click on the subscribe button, and for the equivalent of $8 a month, you get access to all of our journalism, discounted admission to some of our events, and some other benefits. So please do consider subscribing. Uh, Andrew, what is your insider spotlight story this week? So I've decided to highlight the cover story of our our new print publication that uh, came out on Monday um, by Ashley Smart. Um, And it's about uh, James Kyle, the founder of a company in Delavan, called Millennium. It's a telecommunications solutions company. And um, what's the story here is just one of the extraordinary growth. We, the headline, we ran with it as a classic entrepreneur. It was a quote someone said, I think it was one of Kyle's customers um, said about him. This is a, a, a company we uh, recognize with an entrepreneurship award at the end of last year and um, thought it deserved an opportunity to dig really deep because it's a company that flies really under the, radar, under the radar for most in Southeastern Wisconsin, but it's one of the fastest growing companies in America. People should know about it. I mean, they've been on the Inc 5,000 list, I believe it's seven times, which is really extraordinary. That doesn't happen very often. I mean, it's one thing to be a fast growing company and to make that list, which is an incredible accomplishment. But it's hard to continue to sustain a growth pace that you can make that list again and again and again and again. They have done that. Um, they're they're building a new headquarters in in Delavan. Their their revenue um, they're on track for three hundred million dollars in revenue uh, this year, according to Kyle. And um, he's talking about growing the company to a billion dollar company within seven years. So you know. It remains to be seen whether or not that's achieved, but the growth that's happened is impressive so far. You know, Inc. Inc. does a great job of vetting companies that make its list of fastest growing companies in America. And 
these guys have made it several times. So it's a really interesting story about, you know, his story is a very interesting entrepreneurial story. And I hope people give it a give it a read. And it's it's a company and it's an entrepreneur that people ought to know about in southeastern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the interesting piece, just the journey of going from selling mortgages to, you know, um, selling equipment out of the back of his truck to now building this company into what it is today uh, is quite yeah. impressive. So, yeah. uh, my insider spotlight story is also by Ashley. Uh, she's been busy. Um, this one is on Haribo, the uh, German gummy bear maker that is building a massive uh, candy factory down in Pleasant Prairie. Um, and it's been a long time coming. They announced this project back in the spring of 2017. Um, so that's wow. pre, that's before Foxconn and the whole the Eagle has landed um, <laughs> event at the, the, um, the art museum and all of that. Um, and I mean, I think Foxconn broke ground before this um, and moved ahead. And, um, but this project has kind of steadily made progress and is, I uh, just drove by it the other day and, you know, it's beginning to look more and more like a, a factory uh, they're hiring um, and they were hire- holding some career fairs and things like that. Um, kind of trying to get to at least a hundred people uh, here by early next year. Uh, so some interesting details as that continues to move forward. So exciting to see it kind of finally taking shape, you know, five. Yeah, I mean, that's just the beginning. Better. There's going to be a lot of people that work there. That mm-hmm. is just the very beginning of, I think the first phase is what, 350. And then the full build out is, what they 1200, 1200, 1200 yeah. eventually. So a hundred is great, but it's just beginning. It's going to be a massive operation with a lot of job opportunities. So it's, yeah, it's just, a, it's a very interesting project to compare to, to Foxconn for me, at least having covered both of them. Um, one came in with a lot less fanfare and kind of stayed under the radar. Didn't make I me mean, made some big promises, but not, anything too out of the ordinary um, versus the other that made a lot of fanfare, made some big promises and ended up walking them back. Um, just kind of stylistic differences and how they've moved forward and all those things. A very interesting comparison. Yeah, it's been so deliberate. I mean, you're talking about five years ago announcing this has been such a deliberate process, but here they are getting there and, and it's the project that they said it was going to be. So that is, a massive difference from the Foxconn situation. Definitely. Uh, well, we'll turn now to our big story of the week, actually kind of two stories and, and a longer term trend that we've been keeping a close eye on um, over the years. So every month we get uh, from uh, well, it's released by the Department of Workforce Development, but it's a, a U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics figure. We get uh, you know data on the unemployment rate and uh, private sector job growth in Wisconsin and across all the states, really just the same as the, the employment picture that we get at the national level at the start of each month, we get state figures as well. And so we, you know, follow this and the February numbers came out this week and Wisconsin added 20,700 private sector jobs from January to February, which as far as I can tell, outside of those first few months in the immediate aftermath of the pandemic or the immediate aftermath of the COVID lockdowns, 
when, you know, things were just rocketing back and, you know, there was just the sharp, sharp rebound. Uh, That's the highest number I can find any month to month. um, That's an an astonishing, uh, give a second take figure. I I was very surprised by that. I, I don't remember too many months like that. Yeah, it's it's a it's impressive month. Um, and so if you look at that and you compare it, the rest of the states came out as well today, and um, on in percentage terms, that ranks eighth in the country uh, for month over month growth, which you know is certainly a solid, great month for the state. Good news all around. But you dig a little deeper and you look. Okay, how do we do year over year? So if you compare to last February. Um, we're up 63,000 jobs. Sounds good. 2.6% growth. Well, that ends up ranking around 45th in the country mm. um, over that period. So not quite as solid when you put it in those terms. Um, and if we look to just before the pandemic started, so February 2020, we're still down 50,000 jobs in the private sector um, for the state, uh, which in percentage terms, ends up ranking 31st. So middle of the pack to lower middle pack in terms of job growth and job recovery from the pandemic. On the other hand, we've got a top 15 lowest unemployment rate, 2.9% in February, at least according to preliminary numbers. And these are all preliminary numbers. So that 20,000 job gain, you know, that could be revised as, as we move forward. It's based on a survey of employers. So um, there is a little bit of, you know, take some of this with a grain of salt. It's, it's directional, um, at, at least, but we also have a top 10 labor force participation rate at 66.4%. Um, and we typically do pretty well on that measure. And actually we're above in terms of labor force participation, we're above where we were just before the pandemic started. So it's a number that's been trending down and we've kind of reversed a little bit of that coming out of the pandemic. So. Um, they kind of suggest, you know, we've tapped into a lot of the labor pools that maybe are available. Yeah. Um, unemployment rate is super low. Workforce participation is, you know, at least holding steady. Um, it's, a, you know, compares favor- favorably to the rest of the country. And we know um, from hearing from employers, from just driving around, you see the help wanted signs. There's, there are job openings out there. Um it's kind of a people problem. And the chief economist from the, the Department of Workforce Development said as much, they held a, a briefing for reporters and he basically said, yes, that a, at a macro level, this is a body's problem. You know, at a micro level, individual companies, you might be able to hire someone away from one company to come to another, but you follow on that through at some point, someone is left without an employee um, and you need people to fill that. That's where the second story comes in. We got estimates this week from the U.S. Census Bureau for population growth. Uh, They measure as of every July 1st um, on the years in between the census. Um, And these are estimates. So, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, there's survey error in there and things like that. But um, their estimates say Milwaukee County's population was down by 10,000 from uh, July 1 of 2020 to July 1, 2021, which is about a 1%, roughly 1% decrease um, over the prior year, which is certainly concerning. 
the rest of the metro area, the Wow counties, the, the Milwaukee metro area is made up of of Milwaukee and then Waukesha, Ozaki, and Washington. The the Wow counties were up about half a percent. So all told, the metro area was down around seven thousand people in terms of its population, a decrease of just under half a percent. Uh, it does not stack up favorably when you look at it in comparison to the rest of the country. So among the 100 largest metro areas in the country, we were in the bottom 15 over the last year. Uh, if we take the 10 metro areas that are closest to us in population, only New Orleans had a worse uh, change in population uh, over the year. Um, and so it's hard to find a kind of a silver lining. Um, and the state growth itself wasn't super robust. We added about uh, 3,000, 4,000 people at a statewide level. Um, but you look, well, in Illinois, uh, Illinois lost more than 100,000. So we're doing better than in Illinois. At least we're uh, not in that boat. Yep, not in that boat. Uh, but then you look at Indiana, um, which is up 20,000. So clearly Indiana is capturing maybe more of that um, exodus from Illinois than Wisconsin is. Um so there's that to so consider Illinois, as well. So Illinois lost 100,000 people in less in the in the year from 2020 to 21. You're saying, at least according to the census. Wow. Yeah. I mean that's that's extraordinary, and it, it it speaks to you know a lot of the problems Illinois is having, you know, with their um their government fiscal problems. That's that, and, and a lot of people are trying to get out of dodge as a result. But yeah, the fact that Wisconsin gained, you know, really a measly 3,000 while and Indiana is a very interesting comparison because there's a, you know, it's Wisconsin and Indiana, two states that border Illinois. Illinois is bleeding people. Indiana gains 20,000 and is a similar size state to Wisconsin. And Wisconsin only gains three. Um, so, boy, that's, that's a huge, that's a missed opportunity for the state to attract people uh, who are leaving Illinois. And it speaks to a general problem that, as you mentioned, we've covered, um, you know, from the last census and and even before that, that the state of Wisconsin's population is growing at a very slow pace. The Metro Milwaukee area's population is growing at a very slow pace. And frankly, you know, if the Metro Milwaukee area is growing slowly, it's hard for the state to do much better because that's the biggest region in the state. So um, this is an urgent problem for the state of Wisconsin's economy. And I mean, all these numbers really line up together. When you look at other than one strong job growth month, you pointed out job growth for the state isn't good. Well, at the same time, the unemployment rate is extremely low and the labor force participation rate is healthy. So that's the good news. But as you said, that means the existing Wisconsin workforce is pretty much maxed out and that's good for people who live here. But, um, you know, the fact that there's a lack of job growth tells you there's a lack of economic growth and you can see the the, the problem goes right back to the lack of population growth. If we don't have population growth, we're not going to be able to have job growth because there aren't going to be people that companies can hire. And there's going to be a lack of economic growth here. If companies can't hire people here because there just aren't people to hire, 
then they're going to struggle to grow. And so economic growth and population growth are closely tied. They're like joined at the hip issues. And the fact that Wisconsin's population growth is so poor should be, and we've talked about this in the past. I've written about this in the past. I cannot say it loud enough or clearly enough to people. Wisconsin needs more people. Wisconsin needs more population growth. And in particular, the metro Milwaukee area, the city of Milwaukee and the Milwaukee region need more people, need more population growth. If it doesn't happen, we simply aren't going to have economic growth that, that we all want to see in our, in our state, in our communities. And this should be, this might be the most important issue for the state, but incredibly, you don't really hear the, the, the powers that be, our political leaders, who's talking about this? Who's working on this? Who's addressing this? Um, you know, and I, I think it's, there's a lot of ways to attack it. It needs to be attacked on multiple fronts, but ultimately we've got to have a state with an economy that has opportunities that people are going to come here to take advantage of, but we also have to have a high quality of life because the weather isn't good, but we can have a <laughs> high quality of life in a lot of other ways, all sorts of other ways um, to offer people to live here. But a lot of those things, there are costs attached to that and we have to deal with that. So the the population issue, population growth issue is, is an enormous problem for Wisconsin. And incredibly, I don't think it's getting anywhere near the attention it, it needs to get. Yeah, I mean, there are efforts um, and some of that are maybe at a more localized level. Um, I think Racine County may have done some stuff around um, a, attraction and things like that. Um, a few years back, um, the Walker administration had put forward a plan through the WEDC to try and attract Midwest millennials and veterans and they were alumni. Running ads in, they were running ads in Illinois, I remember. Yeah, and that was kind of the start. And then the Evers administration came in and, and didn't maybe see that as a, a good use of resources. And then uh, you throw in a pandemic and, and you know, Oh, like it's kind of derailed. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of those, like you need to do everything possible. You know I mean? You should try it. Every, whatever ideas people on the right have, we should try those. Whatever ideas people on the left have, we should try those. Um, and yeah, you have to figure out how to do it in a managed, when you attract people, I mean, we don't want to have, you know, some influx of, if we, you know, dropped a hundred thousand new residents in the city of Milwaukee um, tomorrow. Well, okay. That would, be problematic, but uh, yeah, you have to have some thought to it, maybe. But you know, every strategy, um, you know, from attraction to retention, attract people, attract companies. You know, we had a commentary that that I wrote a few um, weeks back about the U.S. Postal Service uh, vehicle contract that um, Oshkosh Corporation got, and they're building the vehicles down in South Carolina. And Senator Ron Johnson, you know, had made some comments that that employers are already struggling to fill the jobs they have. We don't need to, you know, fight to bring that here. My argument was, you know, okay, tell the politics aside, if you can bring a job magnet and place it in the state of Wisconsin, that's a good thing for attracting more people. 
And the more yeah. that we can get things like that, great. The more that we can retain people um, and make it so that they want to stay in the state and not leave for jobs elsewhere on the coasts or even, you know, some of the other locales that are attracting people for remote work. And you do that. It has to be kind of everything. Otherwise, the demographics are such that, you know, we're going to be in this kind of tight labor market situation for a long time. Um, and that's going to stifle growth for the state. Yeah, and I think we have an aging population as well, you know, and you, you need a, a, a growth of a younger population, again, to fill the, the, the workforce pipeline to fuel your economy. Um, yeah, I mean, Johnson, Senator Johnson's comment about Oshkosh Corporation and the Postal Service contract, I mean, certainly it's true that, you know, his point being, well, the state, you know, employers in the state are already struggling to find employees and that's that's true as we point out when you look at the unemployment number you look at the labor force participation rate number that's certainly true but the state still needs to attract job opportunities to attract more people to move here i mean you look at the intel effort it was a failed Mm -hmm. effort to attract intel to racine county but it would have been an absolute game changer for the economy and certainly there have been a lot of jobs that would have been difficult to fill, but they would have attracted people to the area. People would have come here to work for a company like that. And so that's what our state needs is we need we need to create economic opportunities that attract people to join our workforce, to be consumers in our state, to support our economy. So yeah, we need employers, we need more job opportunities, even though, even though we don't have people. <laughs> To fill them, we need more opportunities to attract more people to the state and grow it and grow its economy. And we have to we have to have a state that is welcoming to every type of person. Uh, we, we have to be a state that, that attracts all types of people of all types of backgrounds. Um, I know the immigration issue is extremely controversial, but immigrants are are, are the backbone of America, and that's how the, the country is has grown and, and we need to attract immigrants. So um, whether from other countries or other states, they need to be immigrants to Wisconsin anyhow. And um, it's, it's, it's vital that we have a state and a culture here that is inviting to everyone. So the, there is no simple solution uh, to the problem. It needs to be addressed in terms of economic opportunities. Yes, it's a inviting place to live and you know and there's job opportunities and there's low taxes and things that economically are attractive but then also quality of life issues we have to have good schools and we have to have parks and we have to have amenities um just experiences that people are going to enjoy living here mm-hmm. uh, we got to have all that so i mean really everything that is being done you know in some way shape or form should be about making this a great place to live and attracting people. But just the fact that our population growth is so pathetic. And I just find it shocking that public officials don't seem to really talk about it very much. Um, even though that should be in the front of their mind when tackling pretty much every issue. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess slightly to play a little bit devil's advocate, you could argue, I mean, maybe it's a thing you don't want to talk about. Um, too loudly, at least uh, to the extent that you're talking to the outside world, you can talk about it in, in within the state, within yeah, 
you know, different channels, but you don't want to maybe broadcast, Hey, <laughs> Hey, people are leaving our state. That's not exactly right. a great way to get people to uh, move to your <laughs> state. Um, yeah. You know, so there's, there's some element of that where you want to project a positive image. I can understand, but also, you know, that welcoming element and, and making it a place that people want to come and choose. And, you know, uh, someone, uh, I was talking, I think it was Buckley Brinkman that I was talking to one time about this. Um, and just in terms of attracting people and, and retaining people and things like that. And, you know, his, his point was it's a battle we've been losing since the uh, advent of the, the air conditioner, uh, you know, People can live down south and not have to deal with our uh, our winters and our our uh, our false start spring and all that. Um, so we have to find other you know tools and ways around to attracting people. Yeah, we're just going to have to we're going to have to try harder. But it, it's and I, I see your point that it might not be something to make a big stink about publicly, but it, it has got to be top issue for for our state and local leaders is attracting, attracting more people to live here. Um, when you see development opportunities, uh, we can't have, you know, you, you can't have NIMBY issues come up that are complaining that we're, we're, we're building housing to, you know, bring more population to a community. Our, our communities need to grow. So mm-hmm. there's just gotta be a, there's gotta be a growth mindset all the way around. Yeah. Well, we will leave it there. We'll continue to follow this story and these numbers and this issue. Um, it's a topic where we've been, been writing about a lot and we'll continue to do. So look for more coverage at biztimes.com. Uh, until next week, Andrew, thanks for joining me on the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. You bet. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.